In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we commemorate the four feasts of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. This evening we have the vigil for the exaltation of the Holy Cross as we commemorate the finding of the actual cross by Saints Constantine and Helen. And the church commemorates this great feast by a great uh, panoply, a great bouquet of flowers of adoration, metaphors, images for the cross. And it's all held within the vigil of the church. So I encourage you, if you can come even for just an hour, even though vigil is about two hours, you can even just make it for an hour. It is worth your time to set aside that time to come and to feast with what the church offers us in regards to the Holy Cross, that we and our salvation was worked out through the wood of the cross. The gospel that was appointed for this morning for the Sunday before the exaltation of the cross was the second reading. In the first verse, the deacon read, No one who has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. We have throughout the Old Testament glimpses into heaven. We have theophanies or the revelation of God to the prophets, to Moses, to Isaiah, to Ezekiel, uh, even to Samuel, to uh, some of the other uh, prophets and high priests of the Old Testament. But they all get a little glimpse into heaven. With the incarnation, the descent of the Son of God, or as the Gospel of John here says, the Son of Man, we do not have just a glimpse into heaven, but we are able to see into the very heart of heaven. I would even say we are able to see into the very heart of God. For in Jesus Christ, we encounter the express image. We encounter God. Not uh, just some kind of puppet, not some kind of avatar, not something uh, that was sent, uh, a great prophet. We encounter the incarnate word. The cross is a perfect image of the Son. The cross, uh, this is why crosses adorn all Orthodox temples. If you were to just look around, you'll see crosses all over the place. Vestments, wearing a cross, and you can see all sorts of cross symbols throughout. The cross is at the very heart of heaven. Before the foundations of the world, if you were to see into the heart of God, you would see the cross. This is not something that was forced there. This is not uh, something that he said, okay, now I need uh, to come up with a way to save mankind. The cross was not plan B. The cross was not plan C. The cross has been at the very heart of God from before the beginning of the world. Why is this? Why could I say something that seems uh, to push the boundaries a little bit, as it were, to say in the heart of God, we see the cross, that if we are to sum up the entire ministry of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, we see a cross. 
Could it not be something else? Could it not be his teachings? Could it be his miracles? Could it be the fact that he raised from the dead? Well, all of those are interconnected, and we see in the cross the image of love. We see the image of complete, utter self-sacrifice. That God, in creating the world, knowing that with the risk of freedom, would uh, be as the Son coming amongst us, and as love incarnate comes amongst rebellious creatures like us, the cross is what happens. The cross is what happens when incarnate love enters into a world that is fed and feeds upon the ego and the flesh and all the things that we want besides what God wills. The cross stands as the sign of God's self-emptying, his sacrifice, his self-sacrifice for us. And it is what we hear in the gospel, why we hear about Moses and the serpent in the wilderness. You all know the story of Moses and the serpent in the wilderness. We have Israel, and they're now beset uh, in the story by poisonous snakes, and they are dying, and they're crying out for help. And so Moses raises a bronze serpent in the midst of the people, and he says, if you will look upon the serpent, you will be saved. The gospel writer John echoes this, for our salvation, the, the snake that has entered in the poison of the snake, we can go back to the garden, of course, as this story echoes from the garden, is coursing through our veins, and we need to look upon the cross. And it's not just looking upon the cross, upon our salvation, but that we will venerate this cross, that we will come forward and we will honor, glorify, uh, offer up uh, the worship due to the cross, that we will exalt this cross within our entire life. And the church has given us many practical ways to do this. We have crucifixes throughout our household. Uh, many of you have baptismal crosses, maybe even still the same baptismal cross that you received on your baptism or your chrismation. But we also have a very powerful way for us to immediately connect into the heart of God, into the depths of heaven. And we do it, and we probably do it all the time with not even thinking. Every time that we make the sign of the cross, we are entering into the very heart of God. We are entering into the depths of the love, the height and depth of the love of Jesus Christ. Making the sign of the cross is an ancient tradition of the church. But it's also something, like so many things that we do, can just become a rote thing that we do. That we come into the church and it's automatic, right? And maybe even in our sign of the cross, we don't even see the cross anymore when we make the sign of the cross, right? It's just, you've probably seen, I call this the fly swatter, where it's just, you're doing this, and it's the thing that you do when you enter into a place where there's something deeply necessary for us to, with purpose, with mindfulness, 
to make the sign of the cross. And that when we make the sign of the cross, that we are entering into the depths of what the cross is. That we are claiming our own cross. That we are entering into the love that ascended the cross for our salvation. That we are in embracing that cross, living into our own self-crucifixion, the death of our ego, the putting of the spirit above the flesh, of putting others above ourself. The cross stands as the heart of God. The cross stands as the summation of the ministry of our Lord, and the cross stands right over our heart. We go from our head to our guts, where most in the church, our guts down here is where most of our life, our emotions, etc. This is the way the ancient church thought. They didn't actually think it came from here, but down here. If you ever feel anxiety and those kind of things, do you feel it up here? Do you kind of feel it coursing through your entire body? We make the sign of the cross so that we sanctify our entire bodies. We make the sign of the cross over our children. We make the sign of the cross over our food as a layman. We can cross and bless our food. And we make the sign of the cross every time we remember our Lord in our struggles and in giving thanks to him throughout our life. The sign of the cross is a great gift. It is a great gift for us to enter deeply into the heart of God to allow us to embrace the cross and to be, as we heard in the gospel this morning, this is how we will have our wedding garment so that when we're at that great feast, we have put on the bridal garment, the wedding garment, our baptismal garment, keeping it inviolate by embracing the cross. For in being baptized with Christ, being baptized into his death, into his crucifixion, embracing that, That is, in likeness, in embracing that, we will also be resurrected. May God be with us this week as we exalt his holy cross, as we hold it aloft in our homes, as we will this evening in the vigil. We will hold it aloft, bringing it out for veneration. Let's bring out our crosses at home. Let us bow before it. Let us venerate it. Let the cross enter deep into our heart every time that we make the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.